0: okay good morning and welcome to your pet matters i'm your host michael it's dr t to Kiwa, and, and tuning we're coming to you live sense. from our studio at 107.7 the Bronx, and at Ryder wind.
1: university and
0: listen to dr. every t, saturday morning at 10 a.m if you guys
1: happen you to miss the show room, no worries advice, just download our app wrrc one and you can listen to our audio files at your leisure i am excited today and i'm doubly excited because
0: only on I was able to connect
1: with these two today. Um, it was just kind of a fluke. I got an email uh, to my clinic, and I thought the opportunity would arise that we could actually have a great little conversation here. So um, I, I, I'm initially talking to one half of Path 88 Productions, uh, Matt Notehelfer. He is um, a, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, you're, you're uh, a photographer and uh Film, filmographer and you guys are you're coming my way you're coming to the princeton area because you've done a documentary uh called flying fur about um paul steklensky who actually um we, we've had similar um pilots on the show where he flies pets from kill shelters to their forever homes and i think it's it's a phenomenal thing and i think you know there's there's several organizations that do this paul paul is one of them but you guys have created a uh a documentary about that and and yes. going to show it in Princeton coming up this Saturday, June 8th. So that's, that's phenomenal. I love it. I love yes. it.
2: Yes. Yes. To all of the above,
1: <laughs> all of that. <laughs> but Matt, why don't you just give me a little history? What, what I do at the initial um, start of the show is I actually just, the guests give me a little history about, you know um, yourself um, and how your, your um, whatever life changes or whatever, um, you know, fate, whatever has it, that led you to meet Paul?
2: Yeah, well, uh, we have been doing video production and film production, uh, myself specifically, for about 30 years, and Alicia for about 10. And we met uh, a while back and uh, ended up getting married. There's some, you know... Details that happened in between all that. But uh, nevertheless, we started making films together, right? And over the years, we've made a handful of documentaries. And one day, Alicia was just uh, running an errand and she happened to spy Paul, mentioned in a rather popular magazine. So she reached out to Paul, and after a handful of months trying to convince him that we might be a good fit to make a documentary, of him and for him uh, we actually did it and it turned out really great and we're super excited that we get to uh now travel around the country and show it to folks
1: no and that's great and just, just out of curiosity because i've never you know had experience with documentaries how long did it take in total to put all this together
2: oh let's see i'd say we filmed for about a month and a half and then we did the editing for about half a year on and off and in between we continue to do our other jobs and uh we make uh, our living essentially doing videos for uh other clients so yeah it just took about seven and a half months roughly
1: wow wow and how long is the actual documentary itself we have uh, a couple of versions uh
2: for instance, uh, when we do film festivals, we screen a 36-minute version. Uh, our director's cut is actually 49 minutes. And uh, the one we're showing in Princeton is the festival version.
1: Which is how long is the festival version? 36 minutes. Okay. And so, so what what's in that 13 minutes?
2: <laughs> a lot of extra scenes, more context. Uh, you get a better sense of you know what Paul's doing and why he's doing it. Uh, one of the reasons we try to get it under 40 minutes is because festivals tend to program movies that are short. So that's kind of what we were going for there. However, there's such good material that we didn't want to forget You know, forget about getting as much in there as we could, so we made a director's cut.
1: That's awesome, that's great. And, and I, I love it, you have a little tagline that I saw on your website called Stories About Storytellers, and I thought that was a great, great um, little version there. But t- tell me about yourself. So how did you get involved in um, photography and videography?
2: I started as a broadcasting student like three decades ago. Uh, my father, um, I have to give him a lot of credit because back in the 80s, he decided to buy a, a video camera for, I don't even know why, he just did. And, you know, these things were incredibly expensive for for a blue-collar guy like him to acquire, but he did it, and he let us kids run wild with it. It's me and my four brothers. Wow! And uh, he just let us play, and that kind of ignited the the, the sensibility and making movies, right? So that's kind of how that all began. I have to, my father to thank for that, you know. And then you kind of develop the craft, and you learn, go to school, get a little better at it. Hopefully, um, yeah. And that's kind of how it all began.
1: And your three brothers are they involved in this at all, or did they go different paths?
2: my brothers are on different paths but they uh they're never ones to uh not offer their opinion let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> that's family for you yeah it is it's, it's, it's brutal honesty is what you're getting right <laughs> yeah that's for sure <laughs> that's, that's awesome and then um you, you said that you have a dog teddy right now is is teddy a rescue or is teddy uh purchased from a breeder or
2: yeah teddy's definitely a rescue um as a matter of fact, he makes an appearance in the documentary.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
2: That's kind of how we met him.
1: Oh, met that's us. great. Yeah. That's, see, I knew there's, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, serendipity to all these events that happen in our lives. Oh, that's great. That's great. And so is, is Paul located where you guys are in California or did you, is, is he somewhere across the country?
2: No, Paul's in uh, Pennsylvania, just outside Philadelphia. Oh, uh, Pennsylvania. Um, oh, okay. Which is actually where we are right at the moment.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't know where you were at this point. Okay. No, that's great. Um, and so, so – Talk to me about this, this process. So you reach out to Paul, and he finally gets convinced that, yes, you guys are going to then meet and, and start this process. How do you go about doing it? How, how did you get him to the point where he was – I guess what you want, like, reality, right? So you don't want him aware of the camera, right?
2: Well, it's impossible not to be aware of uh, the two of us running around with a camera. But at the same time, we try to be as innocuous as possible – and just kind of you know part of the environment of what's happening. And Paul was pretty cool about it all. He was more than willing to help us out. And our goal was basically to follow him along in one of his missions. You know, so we had about two and a half weeks to do that with him for his initial mission that we did with him. And he would just let us you know be a fly on the wall essentially. And uh, and again, even though we were around, he was just pretty understanding that we just needed to be there and do our thing and he did his thing. So I think ultimately that worked out really well.
1: That's great. And so, you know, the, the I, I interviewed a, a pilot in, from New Jersey who did similar things and, and a lot of it was like self-funded is, is that what, is that how Paul works as well?
2: It is uh, a lot of self-funding. Yeah. His own money goes into it. A, a ton of his own money goes into it and you'll find that in, a lot of animal rescues, as I'm sure you're well aware, uh, these people that do it are incredibly passionate. You know, not just the fi- the flyers, the pilots, but you know, the fosters uh, behind the scenes, the the folks doing the animal rescuing, pulling animals out of kill shelters, and making sure that they find forever homes. It's, the dedication that we discovered along the course of making this documentary was really, I mean, it was just astounding, to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. The, the 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 you know, it's it's funny because we always talk about how pets give us unconditional love, but the, but the 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 actions and the heart of the people involved in shelter is um, is amazing, absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And so so this mission that you went on was it was it fairly local? How far did he have to go for this particular mission?
2: So what Paul typically does is he hops in his plane in Southern Pennsylvania and he'll fly down to a rescue organization he works with in Wilson, North Carolina. Uh So it's about a two hour flight. And the reason he does it with uh, these ladies uh, down in Wilson County is because one, they're incredibly organized um, and they're very well put together group that work with Paul extremely well. Uh, The amount of coordination that these two groups, Paul and Wilson County Humane Society, do together is extremely impressive. And uh, so he'll hop down there, two hour flight, pick up the dogs, and uh, it takes them about an hour, then he'll fly back to Pennsylvania, he'll fly back to New Jersey, he'll fly back to Connecticut. Those are his typical stops where he drops off the rescues. And he essentially helps save these animals, like I said, and gets them to their forever
1: homes. And, and typically, how many pets does he, is he able to carry at a, at a time for remission?
2: Well, I'll give you an example. On our flight, he was taking large dogs. So we were able to get five dogs onto the flight that we covered. Uh, other flights, he'll take smaller dogs. It just kind of depends on what's coming in and out of the of the shelters at the time. And I think the maximum of a, number of animals he had on his flight at one time might have been upwards of like 15, Wow. Somewhere, yeah so he'll pack he'll pack his plane as full as he possibly can because he wants to get as many animals out of uh, North Carolina and uh, up north into forever homes as, as much as he can
1: that that's amazing and and the, the biggest thing for me was um, understanding that I understand that fuel aviation fuel prices are incredibly um, costly and, yeah. and so so did you get any um, idea how much, like, per flight it's really running to do something like this?
2: Um, like, a bottom line number, I probably couldn't tell you exactly, but it's, it's, uh, a round trip is, like, a little more than 500, I think. Yeah, and it depends on where he's going to destination-wise, like, if he goes all the way up to Connecticut or not. Um, sometimes he'll just go to southern Pennsylvania um, when he drops off the animal. So, yeah, it kind of varies, but usually upwards of 500 bucks, easy.
1: Wow. And it's, so it's 500 bucks for that alone. It's your, it's the time you take and all the time it takes to organize it and communicate because he has to organize with the people that he's delivering to as well. Right.
2: Absolutely. I mean, we're talking about four hours of flight time and about, I don't know, 10 times the amount of effort and time to uh, save these dogs before and after they're delivered.
1: Uh, So yeah, it's, it's all around. It's just a huge effort from everyone involved. That's amazing. Totally amazing. Well, what we'll do is we'll take a short break right now, and then we'll come back, and I would like, love to talk to the other half of Path 88 Productions. I'll talk to Alicia um, and maybe Teddy, too, <laughs> after this. But we'll take a short break. You're listening to Your Pet Matters on 107.7, 107.7. Your Pet bronch. Matters com. and
3: other programming on 107.7 The Bronx is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Look at this gift Oh my goodness, a
4: kitten! Let's name him Mini Kitty! Ah. Jack, how do I tell mom
3: I failed my math test?
4: Look at us, Bean. We just moved to a brand new big
0: city.
3: Ah. (laughs) Honey, Brandon broke up with me. Mini
4: Kitty? Jack?
0: Bean? Honey? Are you, are you okay? okay?
3: Our pets are there for us when we most need them, so why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high quality medicine and service, and their pet parent's peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Come.
0: Hear ye, hear ye! Your pet matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend Dr. T. Only on 107.7 The Bronx.
1: Welcome back. If you're just joining me, I've been I've had a wonderful discussion with one half of Path 88 Productions. They are they are screening a documentary they put together um, about a pilot who donates his time, uh, Mr. Paul steklensky who basically donates his time and energy and coordinates with a rescue group, a kill shelter rescue group in North Carolina and brings dogs that are on potentially death row out to their forever homes in my neck of the woods, which is Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Connecticut area. And uh, it's called flying fur and and it's going to be screened Saturday, June 8th, um, right here in the Princeton area. And so both Matt and Alicia have been traveling, I guess, eastwards um, on their journey of, of showing the film. And, and I talked to Matt about his history, um, how he got into the video production and how we met Paul. And, and meanwhile, um, his other half, Alicia was walking their dog, Teddy. So now Alicia's back. Um, and so Alicia, welcome to the show. And, and I'd love to talk to you about how you got into this sort of production. Um, and if you could tell me how Teddy came into your life.
5: Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for having us, you know, on your show. And um, basically, my background is graphic design and photography. So I've always loved, you know, visual media and telling stories that way. And um, when Matt and I partnered up, we said, "Hey, you know what? We've got, you know, the skill set. Let's put it together and let's like create some stories that we can really share with people that make a difference." So um, that's that's how I kind of got into this storytelling.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And then, so how, how did how did Teddy come into your life?
5: So Teddy came into our life fairly recently when we were shooting for Flying Fur. We met him. He was on one of the rescue flights. He came up from South Carolina in Lexington. He was basically found as a stray and he had some severe ear infections. Tumors. Tumors, as a matter of fact, yeah. There was, um, you know, he was really close to being put down. A rescue stepped up for him in Connecticut, um, and with their help and the help of Paul, who shared his post, they were able to raise the money to get him a surgery. So he was put on the flight that Paul took him. Um, Paul flew him to Connecticut, and basically, two days later, he had the procedure. Um, so that's where we met him. We followed up with him for the story, and when we went back to California, we just kind of kept checking in with the rescue periodically, and the how's Teddy? You know, this dog kind of grew his on his Teddy. Teddy, okay? <laughs> Teddy, okay, what's going on with Teddy? And you know, the rescue said that he really hadn't had anybody step up to adopt him and you know he just left such an impression on us that we you know we said look let's let's just do this let's let's see if we can you know, make them a part of our family. And so we did, you know, we talked to the rescue animals, our family in Connecticut, and you know, they're amazing. They, you know, they do so much for even the toughest cases. And uh, And he was
2: one of the toughest cases.
5: He was definitely a tough case. Yeah,
2: he barely made it out alive.
1: Oh, man. Describe what breed is Teddy? What is Teddy?
5: Teddy's a mix. He's a little bit of the best of everything. You know, he's a lab. He's maybe a hound. He's a little pity. He's just the most beautiful dog you've ever seen. He's got two different color eyes. He's got just the personality of an old sage sitting on a mountaintop somewhere.
2: (laughs) All right, (laughs) I'll take take that
1: that is he also has his own website oh yeah he oh, also great. has his
5: own website facebook uh, and facebook page we should <laughs> say oh,
1: okay I'll, I'll make sure i i like that i already did your path 88 production okay i'll check out teddy but that that's great and so so it, it was this this wiseness that that, that drew you to him
5: I think so, yeah. you know, and, and just this this kind of acceptance of everybody and this will to live yeah. and just this forgiveness that he had. You know, he's had kind of a tough time of it, but he just embraced everybody and everything that came at him. Still does.
1: That is so cool. And he, I guess he travels well, right? You guys have been traveling with him. You, you, you had, so how did he get from Connecticut? Did you come to Connecticut to pick him up or did he get taken out to California where you guys are?
5: No, we came to get him, and then we drove him cross-country. I think Teddy's been to something like, at this point, 25 states. Oh, know.
1: that is so cool. Thousands of miles, that's Thousands for sure. Thousands of miles. Oh, man. And how old is he?
5: Best guess is about three.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. So lots of life left in him. Lots of traveling left in him. That's great.
5: You got it. <laughs> You'll have to meet him.
1: Oh, yeah. I, w- I would love to. I would absolutely love to. And I was. I was trying to figure out a way, you know, like – um, I was trying to figure out a way that we could physically meet, but we'll we'll talk about that after the show and the, and go from there. But um, so sounds so you, good. You meet Teddy. So so why don't you guys describe? You know, you, and I understand that we talk about the people that work in rescue. So if you had to describe Paul, what what would you say about Paul? What sort of descriptive parameters would you would you give about Paul?
5: I would say he's extremely dedicated. I think that. I am always very impressed with the fact that when he sets his mind to doing something, it gets done. You know, some people talk the talk, but Paul walks the walk.
2: Yeah, for sure. The walking part is super important for Paul. Um, he'd rather do the walking than the talking. Yeah. And that's very impressive, especially when you see it in action and you see the level of dedication that's involved. It's amazing.
1: And I'm curious, what does he do for a living?
5: He's in IT.
2: <laughs> yep, that's right does a lot of uh
1: computer stuff yeah it's awesome mm-hmm. and flying was a i guess a, a passion and a hobby for him and then he's combined that with uh with the rescue
2: yeah weirdly enough uh flying was just kind of a casual interest and once he got his pilot's license then he kind of stepped back and said what am what am i really going to do with this thing And why do I even have it? So he was introspective about it. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he was also adopting uh, another rescue dog himself. And uh, Tessa was his uh, uh, dog that he was adopting. And Tessa was changing his life uh, just day to day at the same time he had that license. So he kind of decided that doing for others what Tessa did for him might be what he could do with his pilot's license in oh, other words man. be yeah. that transport person to help save these animals and to maybe help change other people's lives that's that's
1: phenomenal i love i love stuff like that and and how how would you guys describe the the you know you said that the north carolina um, society you may said it was incredibly organized So how would you describe that sort of operation how big is it
5: you know that operation is for ladies that will not stop
1: no they're And
5: it's a group of fosters and a network of volunteers that no matter what time of day it is Mm. they will step up and they will not stop until they have at least a temporary foster um, a rescue lined up for these animals if they could they would pull every single dog and cat from that shelter and i think they actually
2: do they do from time to time (laughs) yes yeah they, they'll they'll empty those shelters out from time to time that's how much hard work they put into it and just to give you an idea we were there shooting and filming uh for over a week and i mean one night we were up to like two thirty in the morning as they were transporting dogs on um you know these vans that were saving the animals in the middle of the night so
1: oh my god yeah. and then
2: they of course they get up at five in the morning go to work do their regular jobs and then keep you know, keep going at it afterwards. So again, the, the level of dedication, I can't articulate enough. It's, it's staggering really.
5: Yeah. It's, and, it's, it's, and it's professional too.
1: Yeah. And so pr- prior to doing this documentary, you, you guys really never had that much experience dealing with shelters or or rescue groups is that correct
5: no i mean i honestly matt and i talk about it and we said you know when we found out about paul we thought we were going to be making you know maybe a 15 minute personal profile about a guy who does something great for this world we had no idea the education that we were about to get and that's that's kind of the catalyst for you know moving this thing forward is like we got educated there's so much to tell to everybody else
1: oh that's great I love stuff like that, where your perception of what it is and the reality are completely different things, and it just balloons into something phenomenal. Oh, absolutely,
2: which is one of the reasons we want people to come to see the film, right? Because you might have like a slight intellectual understanding of what actually happens to get these animals from one place to the other and save their lives, but until you see the why, until you see the passion and emotion of the people that make this happen, And they do it on a daily basis. So, you know, they'll do one mission and they'll turn around and they'll start the next mission and then they'll start the next one. It's just so incredible.
5: Yeah. And just opening your eyes up to, you know, the, you know, what happens in different parts of even our country, you know, just because you live in California or New York, you know, we have a different animal culture than, you know, other places do. And I didn't know that until we did this film.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's interesting. Um, there's a local a- author, Jackie Skull, who wrote a book because in in my neck of the woods we have a lot of capability to do low low cost spay and neuter, but down south it's it's much more difficult. Which is why there's a lot of influx from from those rescue pets to our neck of the woods, and that was an eye opening experience to me because I just assumed everyone had a every state had a low cost um, spay and neuter program developed and stuff.
5: Yeah, so- North Carolina doesn't have any spay or neuter programs
1: it's unreal when you think about that and talk about that right it just blows my mind yeah
5: it really does
1: well well, that's phenomenal so what we'll do is we'll take another short break and what i'd like to do is why don't we talk about where you want to see your film going and and what sort of um um impact you want that film to have but we'll, we'll take a short break right now and we'll come back talking to matt and alicia having a wonderful discussion about their documentary film flying fur you're listening to Your Pet Matters on 1077 1077 the Your bronc. Pet com. Matters
3: and other programming on 1077 the Bronx is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Woo! Look at this gift Oh my goodness, a kitten! Let's name him mini kitty! Ah!
4: Jack, how do I tell mom I failed
3: my math test?
4: Look at us, Bean. We just moved to a brand new big
0: city.
3: Ah! <laughs> Honey, Brandon broke up with me. Minnie
4: Kitty? Jack?
0: Bean?
3: Honey?
0: Are you I'm okay? okay?
3: Our pets are there for us when we most need them, so why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high-quality medicine and service, and their pet parent's peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com.
0: Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend Dr. T, only on 107.7 The Bronck.
4: Hello everyone, my name is Logan, but I am producer of Your Pet Matters, only on 107.7 The Bronck and 107.7 thebronkcom Welcome to another edition of Your Producer Pet Project, once again, on 107.7 The Bronc and 107.7 thebronkcom On today's episode, I'd like to talk about how to keep your pets safe during weather disasters, weather weather emergencies. We've been seeing a ton of devastating wildfires, hurricanes, tropical storms hit um, our country for quite some time now, and uh, especially this this summer. So I thought for this edition of Your producer's Pet Project, I would discuss ways to keep your pets safe during these national disasters. So there's three points that I mainly want to focus on. It's one, to make a plan two, to build an emergency kit, and three, to stay informed. So I'd like to begin talking about how you should make a plan to be safe during these natural disasters. So you, of course, want to have an evacuation plan for your pet. Many public shelters and hotels do not allow pets inside, so so know a safe place where you can take your pet inside before disasters and emergencies happen, so that is very important for you to do to keep an eye on. You also want to to develop a buddy system. So what that means is... Plan with neighbors, friends, or even family and relatives to make sure that someone is available to care for you for or evacuate your pets if you are unable to do so. So if you're on vacation, you're at work, and you can't get home because of a weather disaster, make sure you have a neighbor, friend, or family member to take care of your pet so they can stay safe. And this one might be a little interesting, but how about you have your pet microchipped? Make sure to keep your address and phone number up to date and include contact information for emergency contact outside of your immediate area. So maybe just for your, um, for your pet, just have a collar of your name, your address, and your phone number. So That way, if your pet gets lost during a weather disaster and if someone fi- finds him or her, they will be safe. Finally, you want to contact your local emergency management office, animal shelter, or animal control office. You want to get additional advice and permission if you're, if you're unsure how to care for, for your pet in case of a terrible emergency. You also want to build a kit for your pet. Just as you do with your family emergency supply kit, think first about the basics for survival, such as food and water. Have two kits, one larger kit if you're sheltering in place, one lightweight version for it if you need, need, need to evacuate, and a review your kits regularly to ensure that, that they're content, especially foods and medicines are fresh. So here are just some ways, some, some things that, that you can include in your kit for your pet. Of course, food. You want to keep food for several days, supply food for an airtight waterproof container. So you never, you, you never know how long this weather d- disaster will be you want to have food for your pets for as long as it may take. Obviously, you want to also have some water. So you want to store a water bowl and several days of supplies of water. That, of course, is so important for your cat, your dog, whatever pet you may have. Store as much water as you can as possible in case of a terrible disaster. Also, Medicine. Keep an energy supply of the medicine of your pet takes on a regular basis in a waterproof container. So medicine is very important too. So if your pet is a nice type of medicine, keep that involved in your kit as well. Also in your kit, how about you have a first aid kit? You want to talk to your veterinarian about what is most most appropriate for your pet's emergency medical needs, so have a first aid kit by your side. You also want to have a collar with an ID tag and a harness or a leash. Include a backup leash, collar, and ID tag as well, have copies of your pet's for registration information and other relevant documents, in a waterproof container as well, and have it to be available electronically, too. You also want to have a traveling bag, crate, or sturdy carrier, ideally one for each pet, so one, so one, pet, so one pet each will have one for themselves. You also want to have grooming items. You want to have pet shampoo, conditioner, and other items in case your pet needs some clean up to do, and obviously a puppy will have to in case of these well disasters. You also want to have a picture of you and your pet together. If it becomes, if you guys become separated from your, from your pet during emergency, a picture of you and your pet together will, will help you document ownership and allow others to assist you in identifying the pet. And of course, you want to have familiar items. I find this one to be very, very important. If you have a dog who has a favorite true toy or, col- or dog boy or whatever, put favorite toys, treats, or bedding in your kit. Familiar items can help re- reduce stress for your pet. Finally, you want to have tips for your large animals. If you have pets such as horses, goats, or pigs on your property, be sure that, that, that they will p- prepare for a disaster as well. Finally here, you want to stay informed. Being prepared and staying informed of, of, of current conditions. So here are some ways that you can indeed stay informed. So pay attention to wireless emergencies for, for local awards and, and warnings. That of course is so important that you, that will that, 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 be set by your state by local public officials and other law enforcement and other first responders, first so you want to have wireless emergency alerts with you at all times. Also, you want to listen to your local officials when told to evacuate or shelter in place. That is also so important. If you're being told that, that you must shelter in place, take your pet with you. And you also want to download the FEMA app and get weather alerts from the National Weather Service up to five the different locations anywhere in the United States. And finally, Always bring your pets indoors at the first sign of a warning of a storm or disaster. If you have a dog or cat who love to be outside, you have to bring your um, pet inside if you have to. If um, a warning, if, if warning occurs, if you see weather, weather alert or weather emergency, and you are outside, you must go inside and also bring your pet inside as well. So those are just the basic ways for you to keep safe b- with your pet as we are still in hurricane or tropical storm season, and it's always. Look out for your pets and for these terrible disasters. I hope you found this edition of Your Pet Produce- Useful. This has been Logan nine your, your producer. Your, your pet matters only out on 1077 The Bronx and 1077 The bronc.com.
3: Your pet matters and other programming on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Woo! Look
0: at this
3: goopy. Oh my goodness, a kitten! Let's name it.
4: Jack, how do I tell Mom I failed my math test? Look at us, Bean. We just moved to a brand new big city.
3: <laughs> Honey, Brandon broke up with me.
4: Mini Kitty, Jack,
0: Bean, Honey. Are you you okay? okay?
3: Our pets are there for us when we most need them. So why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high-quality medicine and service, and their pet parents' peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com.
0: Hear ye, hear ye. Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend Dr. T, only on 1077 The Bronx. Who
1: are promoting this documentary, and, and they're promoting in the sense that they, they made this documentary about um, uh, he's not really a pilot, he's a pilot by hobby and passion, um, Paul, Paul Steklensky, who actually flies pets from kill shelters up to my neck of the woods so they can find their forever home. And he's doing this all out of the goodness of his heart. He's got to organize two organizations, three organizations that he's, he's involved with that um, get new homes for these pets. And so um, Matt and Alicia reached out to him and, and, and wanted to just talk about him. And it turned into a whole documentary about the whole process. And they're going to show their film Saturday, June 8th um, in my neck of the woods in the Princeton area. And Come out and see it. Come out and learn about rescue. Come out and learn about what individuals can do and the impact an individual can do for rescue pets. And so, you know, Matt, we, we talked during the break that you really wanted to make sure that people get the message across. It. And um, if, what sort of message do you want people to leave the, the the theater with?
2: I think the message that people should leave the theater with is that there are folks out there doing their best to help save animals' lives, and that they are touched by the story in such a way that they wanna be part of it somehow. Uh, A small part, a medium-sized part, a huge part, it doesn't matter, as long as they want to help, as long as they want to do something about the situation, uh, maybe initialize an adoption, you know, take a new pet into your house, uh, become have it become a member of the family. Change your life, change its life. Uh, anything and everything that would basically come about and affect something in a positive way—that would be—that would be our ideal. Absolutely.
1: And and so far for the screenings, what sort of um, when when you look at the audience leaving the, the the theater, what kind of what kind of response? You get a lot of tears <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, I think some of our favorite, because we always do a QA and a after the screening oh, awesome. okay. and we get some really good questions. And honestly, I think that's the favorite part for both of us, because yeah. some of the questions that people are answering or, excuse me, asking are exactly the questions that we want to have a dialogue and a conversation about. What can I do? where Where is this happening? I can't believe there's no spay and neuter laws. I didn't know that you know so this is this is the message that and the questions that are being asked that we want to be asked
1: that's great that that is phenomenal and so so it's it's clearly making a huge impact and and uh you know when you're always dealing with pets, you can make a huge impact <laughs> but but the, the fact that you're dealing with shelter pets is phenomenal
2: yeah, and I think as as the people watch the film and they get connected to the characters in the story, not only the animals, but the people that are saving the animals, um, it it really becomes a touching kind of uh, inspirational story uh, halfway through and then towards the end. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback uh, from people that are very uh, impressed with the film and enamored with it. And that's why uh, we're super excited when they start asking questions afterwards, like, how can I help? And what can I do to make a difference? Man, that's just, when we hear things like that, it makes it all worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, has Paul been privy to this? Has Paul been part of this?
5: He has. You know, we've worked with him along the way. He's coming to as many of the screenings as he can. As He'll be there on Saturday. Um, he, you know, he wants to see this happen, not just his story, but he wants the whole story to be told, you know, because it is, it's not just about one person who flies or one person that pulls somebody from the shelter. It is really a team of people that do this and they do it together and they can't do it alone. Actually, they can't do it alone.
1: No, there's no way. Yeah. They need each other. Yep. It's, it's, and it, what's what's his response to this like is, is he blown away by certain things like you know when you came into this with uh, a perception of what it was like and you're blown away by what the reality of the situation is an eye-opening experience but in the reverse so he yeah. he's right in the thick of things and then he's seeing you guys are putting this in a in a hard copy format for him and then people are having responses how, how is paul responding to these people's response
3: Well,
5: I think I can pretty much quote Paul on this. He says, look, I'm just a guy who wants to do something and all this other stuff just happened. You know, he all of this is just maybe it helps him to continue to do what he does, but he's not doing it for anybody. He's doing it to save the dogs. Yeah, and that's really humble. it. Yeah, yeah, he's very, very humble about the entire thing. He's blown away by all the attention that he's gotten.
2: Yeah. At the same time, when he when he has been to a few of the screenings, and he sees, uh, you know, what type of impact that his story is having for other people, uh, I think he does take that to heart for sure. And he said he said as much. Yeah. Uh, I think
5: I think I've seen a tear or two run down yes. his face too. <laughs> he that still gets awesome.
2: choked
1: up. He
5: does get choked up. Yeah. Oh wow. It's hard not to.
1: Hmm. And 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 prior to this whole process, did you did you guys um, the question that's going through my mind is and from my perspective is there's so many pets that need adoption that you know I'm I'm forever posting like adopt, you know, don't buy adopt and everything like that. What is your guys' take on all of this?
2: Well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, save a save a dog, rescue a dog, adopt a rescue dog. <laughs> no question. <laughs> I mean, we how, How could we say anything different? I mean, we have to testify that it's one of the greatest things that can happen to to you. I mean, we have Teddy, and we've had him now for six months. And uh, it's changed our lives, and only for the better. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's such a cool dude. (laughs) I I mean, I'm I'm looking at him right now. He's just hanging
1: out. (laughs) What's he doing right now? He's just sitting wisely observing the
5: world (laughs) while scratching.
1: (laughs) That is so cool. Did, did, did you happen to know, just out of curiosity from a medical standpoint, what sort of tumors were in his ears?
5: Um,
2: well, they ended up being uh, benign, uh, but it was okay. basically caused by extreme infection. Uh, he's a white coat dog, so um, he had those tendencies to uh, be prone to those types of infections, and he was just neglected for yeah. such a long time his ears were basically standing straight up because there was so much uh you know tissue, tissue growth uh it went, and it smelled so bad oh my goodness it was horrible yeah. and um yeah i was surprised that uh, he made it through the operation to be honest wow
5: the surgery that he had was called the tika surgery so oh yeah yep, yep. ear canal ablation yeah, yeah so yeah. he has he has no ear canals
1: He's got little little openings, right? Little openings in the... Uh, no. no,
5: it's completely sutured closed.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. No, I understand what you're saying.
5: Yeah. You could never tell. You can never tell. He's, he, you know...
1: He acts totally normal. He
5: acts totally normal. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't know he's deaf.
1: That's that's so funny because we, we usually resort that to Cocker Spaniels and that can get those those types of things. So the fact that he's a big guy, yeah, that, that is definitely a neglect type of situation. Wow. And the, the pain affiliated with that? Oh, my yes. God.
2: Oh yeah, his, his uh, pain tolerance is uh, pretty amazing. And, um, you know, even though when we met him, he had like this incredible infection in his head, he would still just come right up to you, put his head in, in your lap and let you pet him. It was, it was really amazing. Everyone that met Teddy when he was still sick was uh, completely blown away by uh, how nice and just calm that he was knowing that he was just suffering so badly, mm-hmm. yeah. But that's what it was so inspiring about it.
5: And I think a lot of these animals are the same way. Yeah. You know, they they go through so much, and they'll still smile. You know, if a dog can smile, they'll still they'll still. They're always so happy. They're happy, you know, and they they go through a lot. And you know, Paul says it in one of the clips in the movies. Like they go through so much, they forgive, and they just move on, and they just they forget the bad.
1: Yep, yep. Dog dogs live for the moment, and they always forgive. Yep, yep. That that's that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Good lessons. Absolutely. What's what's the funniest thing that Teddy has done?
5: Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Do well, you have another hour? <laughs> <laughs>
2: One of the things he's really good at is just tearing into stuff. So we had his uh, his rescue host come by uh, at one of the screenings and give Teddy a little uh, stuffed monkey. And so she handed it off to him, and he's real proud. He had it in his mouth. She turned around, went back uh, to run a short errand, came back in 30 seconds. Teddy had ripped the entire thing apart it was just sprawled this monkey carcass all over the (laughs) sidewalk stuffing everywhere it was it was kind of funny
5: it was it was supposed to be a sweet reunion but it was yeah
2: Teddy just went to town yeah he's really good at that yeah
1: I think that's the pity of him
5: (laughs) yeah I think so I think so
1: oh that that's great that's great. Well, you know what, guys, the, the time's up for the show. Um, It was really, really great talking to you guys. I think that, you know, I'm so happy to have uh, connected with you. And I think that your documentary is going to be a big hit and, and it's going to help make an impact and it's going to help save more dogs lives. And, and I'm blown away that Paul is so humble about things. And it, it, when he said he's driven and he just, he acts, it's just everything you've, you've said about him is just blows my mind. I think that people like him are, are, you know, both two things, people like him and people like you are changing the world. And I think that's phenomenal. And I thank you for that.
2: Oh, well, thank you. And and really, if if anyone out there wants to see it, it's at the Garden Theater at 10 a.m. on Saturdays. So, you know, come check it out. See a really wonderful story.
5: Yeah. And we want to thank you for, you know, having this discussion with us because, you know, the more people that hear it and listen to it and then say, hey, I didn't know that. You know, that's the best question that we like to have because then we can give you the answer.
1: Absolutely, and it's, it's my pleasure, and I'll do what I can to um, actually spread it through social media, whatever means I have, thank and you, uh, then we'll move forward. So after Princeton, when's it, where's the next stop?
2: Where's the next stop after
1: Princeton? <laughs> <laughs> it's on the calendar right now. Uh, is it Vermont? Well, it's UK, right? You go
2: to the UK, is that right? Well, the oh, film yeah, yeah. goes there. We don't go there. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, oh that'd be wish. great if you could
2: go there. Paul's okay. going to that yeah, one. Yeah, Paul's going to the one in uh, Ramsgate, uh, and that's in Kent. Of the united kingdom yeah and then we've got wow.
5: australia coming up another international one and then we'll be spending a lot of time this summer um up and down new england
2: yep oh and, okay be some more in, in uh new jersey possibly so yeah we'll see okay. what happens we're trying to put it all together as we go
5: yeah oh, you, fine. we're updating the schedule all the time that's great
1: and if we don't get to connect uh this week let's connect some other time let's keep in contact and i'll follow you guys and, and see how, how absolutely absolutely we love and, that and, and, and I, I suspect there's going to be some more pet-related um, um, productions in the future as well, right? Whether it's Doggy Teddy man. or someone no, it, yes. Dogumentaries. <laughs> do That's awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for speaking to me.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
1: And remember, everyone, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day.
0: Your Pet Matters with Dr. T comes to a close. Yet fret not if you missed the 10 a.m. Saturday show tune in monday morning at nine if you please and hear free advice for all your dog and cat needs you can find past episodes on the your pet matters podcast or go to 1077 the bronc.com slash your pet matters made for you and your pets 1077 the Bronx is beyond compare your pet matters is underwritten by progressive veterinary care